Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Join Mason and Jake each week as they try new wines and discover how much government is in your drink. Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of Tasting Anarchy. I'm your host, Jacob Lindsay, and as always, I'm joined by Mason Joseph. And uh, today we've got a little bit of an abbreviated episode because a bit. <laughs> I, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be about thirty minutes because I've got to go promote Childeberg over on Robbery the Fire Bernstein's show Run Your Mouth uh, yeah. in like forty five minutes. So, but I still wanted to get a show in. I've got a, a little article and I've got my wine review, and then we could maybe just uh, well, you talk about the wine just, that I drink in honor of your birthday, when, even though yeah, you're not absolutely. here. Yeah, well, and actually, go ahead and do your wine because I've got a little tidbit sure. about that type. Oh, okay. So, uh, give me a second to pull up all the the pertinent details. Um, so, I have a classic winery for us, Michael David uh, Winery out of Lodi. Um, I have the 2016 Inkblot Cabernet Franc. Um, so, it's 15% alcohol by volume. Um the aging apparently 65% for 16 months in neutral oak, 35% 16 months in new French oak, bottled October 24th, 2018. Um, Lodi is what, like an hour and a half from where you're from? Like, f- uh, yeah, I mean, probably, probably less than an hour and a half. Well, maybe, no, maybe about an hour and a half. I, th- I thought you were an hour from Stockton, and then Lodi is 15, 15 minutes or so from Stockton. Where my yeah, wife is from, you know what? They, yeah, you're probably you're probably guessing it better. Like when I was a kid, the the distances just seemed different because, like, tra- you know, it's different than traveling on the East Coast. Like in yeah. California, sometimes you're driving for several hours and it doesn't it doesn't compute to you that that's far. Well, it's because like that's just how it is. Here, but it's also like if you're coming out of the mountains, it's kind of like switchbacks and it, not really switchbacks. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you guys were in like the top of the mountain or something like that. But it, it takes a while to get. 15 miles may take 30 miles yeah. because of the traffic. Whereas here it's like 15 miles is 15 miles. It's just flat. So right. yeah, this is a super, super like purple. Like, okay. So Google, Google says uh one hour, nine minute to Stockton, 57 minutes to Lodi. Huh? So I wouldn't yeah, have guessed I that, know. but yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah. think that I think my orientation of where the two cities lie compared to where yeah. you're from, El Dorado Hills is a little different, but so like super, super dark purple, um, super, super silky. Like, so this is one of those ones where like, as I you know, was texting you, you know, I, I had gotten two, we got two steaks, um, like ribeyes from the grocery store today. Um, we salted them. We we normally only we normally salt them for an hour, but we only did about forty five minutes before I put them on the grill today. But like pretty much as soon as I lit the coals because I use a charcoal grill, I poured the wine for the first glass for well one glass for my wife and the first of several glasses for me at this point. Um, so I got this wine for like thirty five dollars. Of course, it was a reduced price at. Um, Kroger and because I never look it up ahead of time, they said it was like sixty five originally reduced to thirty five. That's the going price on MichaelDavison.com, even though it sold out. Mm. Uh, David, Wait, Michael David, tell me again. Yeah, but tell me again which one this was. This, this was, is the Inkblot twenty sixteen Cabernet Franc twenty six. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. they have a they have a different one twenty sixteen. that's also called Inkblot, but they have different labels. But they're both Cab Franc. Hmm. 
So huh, I wonder, mine I wonder was the white, they... white and black. I don't know if they had a di- maybe a different color scheme. Um, well, but... the other ink blot has just a different ink blot on it. Hmm. Uh, that's that's probably it. You know, they probably did too, uh, just to be different. Um, but like super silky, heavy mouthfeel, big cabernet, you know, big cab franc, like up front paint punch. Um, being a Lodi wine, it's super fruity. Um, I really, I kind of hate to say it this way. I forgot to smell it at all. So, um, the description, you know, is kind of like got blueberries and kind of like a tobacco f- smell and flavor. Um, but I don't think it's better than the Virginia cab francs, mm-hmm. but it is a seriously, like it's a $35 bottle of wine. Like it is okay. a solid bottle of wine. I like if you told me it was 60 bucks, I probably would have been okay with that. Um, at 35, I think it is a steal. So like super good, like super dark bottle feels very hefty. Like, like I said, I've had a glass, I had a pretty much a full pour and then like a pour, a a third of three fourths of a pour and then probably half a pour. Um, like just super great. Um, in the glass, it like, you know, it opens up really well. So it like up front is very tannic, um, kind of aggressive, that kind of classic cab franc. It doesn't really lose that when you leave it open, but it does mellow out, kind of rounds off some of the other flavors, not necessarily in a bad way, but I like cab franc less open to be honest. Like I, I really like cab franc kind of straight from the bottle. Um, unless it's too aggressive, like, you know, kind of those wildcat Virginia ones where you're like, yeah, you guys just, this is like your third or fourth bottling. Like you, you need to kind of mellow this a little bit or I wonder if, uh, I, I bet you, you should try some of the Italian cab francs. Cause I bet you that the Lodi, Lodi growing climate and like a little bit of the, uh, Tuscany type Northern Italian cab francs might be interesting to you as well. Cause they are mm-hmm. different as well. They're, they're very, but they do have that cab franc elegance i guess well that's the thing uh so to me cab franc doesn't because i don't drink the italian cab francs and i don't drink any french like i i pretty much only drink new world and okay from there it's really just kind of virginia got it i like the like karate chop of it i like the unrefinedness that you find in cab franc i like that full-on aggression almost I, I can see why some people would kind of say like, Hey, let's not go that route fully. Um, mm-hmm. and I could see why somebody might want to refine it to it, but it's kind of like Merlot as you know, I say like Merlot and stuff like that. I know there's more going on. I'm just not getting it. That's what I like about Cab Franc or especially Virginia Cab Franc. It's like, Hacha! like, yeah. you know, I have a three. Yeah, it can't, it can't, it definitely can be. Yeah. And it's, and that's what, one of the things I like about Cab Franc, um, it's it's kind of like Pinot Noir in, in this way as well. Is oh, it's Pinot very, Noir very, is the one I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> right. oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, it's very characteristic of where it's from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. it's just that's really neat. Well, like I the thing about Virginia Cab Franc, it reminds me of my daughter because you know she's three, so like she sees like in the cartoon she's watching, they're like doing some ninja thing. So now she's doing a ninja thing and she's like, ha ha. So the other day it was really funny. And this is kind of like classic cab franc to me. Um, I was laying on my bed and she was like kind of not sitting on my chest, but sitting like in the crook of my arm. And we had just got done talking to my parents. And earlier that day, as we were driving, I was driving her to school. She like, 
we were doing this song that's like four little duckies went out today and like the number counts down from there. So I had put my fingers up and I was counting down with my fingers as I was driving the number of ducks. So she just like rams her fist in my face and like very aggressively <laughs> goes, how many? <laughs> Cause she was trying to get me to say zero. Oh. <laughs> like that reminds me of Cap Franc, like kind of that Virginia right. Cap Franc, like how many? <laughs> so, right. That's funny. Yeah. Well, sort of on a, on a quick side note and mm-hmm. uh, other people in our listening audience could experience this pleasure that I experienced as well by going over to tastinganarchy.com and using the last bottle of wines link in the middle of the page. Mm. Uh, but I actually got a Cab Franc from last bottle of wines last Ooh. week. Um, it hasn't arrived yet, obviously, but I have had this one before, not from mm-hmm. last bottle of wines from uh, total wine. Ooh. And it's uh, the Maxville Napa Valley 2015 Cab Franc. Uh, it is a, like a $70 bottle or a $60 bottle. Uh, mm-hmm. And they had it, for like 24 or something like that on last bottle of wine. I couldn't remember how much it was, but I knew that that was way less than it normally is. And uh, so I ended up getting six bottles of it, of course, because it's very good. (laughs) Um, And, and uh, I can never have too much cap Franc. It's one of my favorites. And, uh, and it's also going to keep forever. So that's just kind of a, a side note. It was my birthday present to myself uh, because my birthday is on Monday and um, yep. And I'm, uh, not super stoked that I won't be able to go out and have like a birthday dinner or something like that because of the quarantine, but uh, maybe I'll cook something yummy on the griddle and because uh, I've been doing a lot of griddle cooking lately and I enjoy that. Yeah. So we've been we've been having a good time with, with the griddle. I'm also, it's supposed to be cold all next week too, so I won't be able to go swimming or anything. It's like the worst time. <laughs> can't can't what, what go anywhere. Mean, what is cold? Uh, it's like, like the mid-60s. Okay, so like, so a little super too cold nice, to swim. Super nice weather, but yeah, no, obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I could get the hot tub going and, and like go like relax in the hot tub or something. But for some reason, I'm having a problem with the hot tub though. I can't get it to go above 94 degrees, so I'm trying to figure that out. Hmm. But uh, I don't know. 94 is pleasant though when it's 60 out. So, uh, anyways, the the wine that I'm drinking this week, I may have covered this in an episode before, but I did a quick search in my show notes folder for smithereens and i couldn't find it so i may not have actually reviewed this on the show but i have had a bottle of it before i bought 12 bottles from last bottle of wine uh and sight unseen i bought 12 because it's from el dorado mm-hmm. uh Eldorado county with the county that i'm from uh it's called smithereens it's by skinner vineyards it is a red blend uh those of you who've been listening to the show for a while or just know wine in general this is known as a gsm blend uh it is uh, in the style of Rhone. So GSM means uh, Grenache, Syrah, Morvedre. Uh, and this happens to have Grenache, Morvedre. Uh, I'm going to do my best to pronounce this one. I've, I've come across it before, but I don't know how to say it, but I'm going to say it's Canois or Canoi, uh, C-O-U-N-O-I-S-E. Canois. Can but you I believe that the boys part... Yeah, I can. Um, okay. I think it's it's Conwa, possibly. So I will send it to you uh, in G chat. No, no, send it in the chat for. Uh, does Zencaster have a chat as well? Yeah. Oh yeah, it does. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh no, that's the support chat. I don't know how to, I don't know how to chat to you. You chat to me, and then let's see if it uh. <laughs> 
Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> it's covered <laughs> up by my microphone. There we go. What do you think? What does that say? Uh, I so the back half is noise. So canoise? Yeah, yeah like canoise, I, don't know that, I would say canoise, but because it's, because it's French, I would think it would be like canois or canois. <laughs> the French are weird. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, it's 14.2% alcohol by volume. Uh, I'm down to eight bottles of this, so clearly I like it. Uh, it is a dark red, um, but it's it's dark red, but it's like um, you can see through it. So it's not like a thick murky red. It's more like a crystal red, mm-hmm. uh, like a ruby. Maybe ruby would be a good description for it. Uh, when when it splashes around, it's actually, it it doesn't look the texture exactly of of most dark red wines it's more of a watery looking uh texture uh it's it's interesting it's it's different it doesn't have like the long legs or anything like that it's just it's more of like a it's watery is the only way i can describe it so uh, but hey, uh, hang on a second from yeah. the, from google or from wikipedia canoys adds a peppery note and good acidity to a blood and red wine but does not have much depth of color or tannin yeah, that's actually the grape of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so I was oh. going to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, now, so yeah. the other thing is uh, synonyms, cow noise. <laughs> so oh, interesting. I think that's closer to the pronunciation that they're probably, people are hearing is, it, we, obviously we're not getting the French close, but yeah, so. Yeah, so cow noise, yeah. That, that's, <laughs> that'd be pretty good. Uh, smell, uh, very fruity, lots of strawberry smell. Uh, mm-hmm. tastes good acidity. It's light bodied. Um, there's a lot of strawberry notes to it. It's a little bit spicy. There's some light tannins, uh, medium finish overall. I think it's a really great wine. Uh, I don't next time I'm out in Eldorado County, I'd like to try to go visit the winery. I don't really have a lot of other examples from Eldorado County. I have a couple from Amador, mm-hmm. uh, but they're not this, uh, I've had a Zinfandel from Amador. I've had a Cap Franc actually from, from, uh, Amador and they're very good. But I've never had a GSM from Amador, and uh, this is El Dorado County, which is a little bit north of Amador, and mm. uh, I like it a lot. It's very good. I think it, it's done very well, and it was a very good price on last bottle of wines. Now, uh, but was kind the, of to what was the vintage year again? Twenty fifteen. Huh. I wonder what that was like fresh. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to try. Yeah, I think it would be probably like just way out there aggressive um i guess it depends on how high up in the hills they are because if it's if it's cooler up there it would just be very acidic and very um well i guess elegant like acidity is what i like the acidity in the pepper is what i'm thinking okay yeah like that's the aggression aggression i'm thinking is like that just well it it definitely has that yeah yeah, des- definitely has that kind of pepperiness to it, mm-hmm. which you can get. You can get that actually from Syrah. Um, typically, it's it's Syrah from France, but mm-hmm. uh, you can get that from Syrah from California or I- anywhere in the New or World Carmen too. If, if it's yeah, Carmenere has that as yeah. that flavor as well. Uh, I would imagine the pepperiness in this is from this cow noise, uh, mm-hmm. but. I don't know for sure. I'm not sure what they were trying to get out of it. It I, Because that is the grape of the day, and I was going to do kind of an abbreviated abbreviated grape of the day just because we don't have mm-hmm. yeah, a huge cool. amount of time. But uh, I, I went. I basically went to Wikipedia like you, and I went to a couple other places, um, Wine Searcher, just to uh, get some more information. But like you said, it's a, it's a red grape. It's a dark-skinned uh, – some people call it black grapes because it has a very dark skin. 
Uh, it does add peppery notes and acidity to blends. Uh, it doesn't impact much of the color or tannins on its own, which is why it's typically used in blends for red wines. It is also made, used in Provence to make a rosé, which I'd be interested to try that rosé. Uh, it can also add strawberry and licorice and ansi, or an, hmm. anise. Anise. A n i s e. Is that a spice? It's anise. That's the licorice. Anise. Oh, okay. Anise. Okay. Yeah. They listed it as two separate things: licorice and anise. So, I don't. I don't know. Uh, but it's from the Rhone Valley of France, and that's really. There's actually not a huge amount of information about this grape on Wikipedia. There was a little bit more about what it's blended with and where it's from on Wine Searcher, but I guess it's not that interesting of a grape. It's just well, it's just a good blend grape for yeah, Rhone so, varieties. So in Rhone, there's a uh, Chateau Nuif du Papay or Papay. Oh yeah, the Papay. yeah those are that's very popular. The Papay or Papo or Papa yeah, something it, or whatever. It's, yeah, it's supposed to be very is, fancy. Yeah, this is one of the blending grapes for them. It's like one of the few places where they're allowed to blend with this. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty interesting. Well, it, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm very curious about that rosé. I thought that was interesting because the way they describe it, I was like, this would make a super interesting rosé, especially since like a dry rosé that's very acidic. I like, I find that very refreshing. Mm-hmm. And then it's got that kind of like strawberry and raspberry flavors to it also, which is also good in a rosé. I've been more into rosés lately mm. than I mm. than I used to be. Let's see if we can get Ricky to grow it and then, you know, make a rosé out of it, like the temperature. Oh, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we should. Like we gotta, I got I to gotta contact Ricky and get him on the show. You know, yeah. they, canceled, uh, they canceled the Marfa planting because of corona. <sighs> I was bummed. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess they're going to do it on their own uh, instead of having a bunch of people there to do it. So, eh, you know, in my, my opinion, oh. Listen yeah, to do. my I opinion know. on that nonsense, but yeah. <laughs> I can also understand like not exposing yourself to the liability. Yeah. Well, and that's, I, th- I think that's a large part of it probably is, is not exposing to the liability. You know, last time I thought this was odd because I was like, well, I'm just volunteering to come down and help you plant, but I did have to sign a liability waiver. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes sense because if, if some strange person from online is coming down to help you out, you don't know who that is. And maybe they are very, uh, is the word litigious. Yes. Somebody who sues a lot. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're very litigious and they get like, I got poked by cactuses and I was very cold at night and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> maybe if I was a different type of person, I'd be pissed off about that. Uh, but I think you'd still I be actually mad had a great got, time. I was going to say, I think you'd still be mad. You got stuck, by, stuck by a cactus, but I think you would be blaming yourself. So yeah, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I just stepped on it when we were, and like it got through my boot. It was like some of these cactuses out there are no joke. Like it got through my boot. I had thick boots on. What what I like is like that was an actual thing that happened and not just kind of something you were saying. <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I had to like figure out a way to get my boot off because it was sticking through my boot into my foot, but I couldn't get the spike out. So I had to like <laughs> I had to like get my shoe off, but it was stuck into my toe, so it was difficult to pull it off. And uh I mean eventually I got it, but and then I got some needle nose pliers and just pulled out the burr. Mm-hmm. But the, it was long. It was it was serious. It was a serious like you could put that like on the end of an arrow or something like that and like shoot somebody <laughs> dead. Like it was like it was it was really long, thick needle. And like I didn't even see it. I just kind of like kicked it when I was uh, walking through the vineyard. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then like my foot hurt, and I was like, man, what? Is, there must be a bug in there that's biting me or something like that. And 
but, but nope, this is cactus needle. It was a <laughs> really long needle, <laughs> Oof. but yeah, but they had these cactuses. I asked him about it. I was like, Hey, did you like watch out for these cactus? And he's like, Oh no, <laughs> we know, <laughs> we know <laughs> they're all over the place out here. And, uh, but, uh, anyways, you want to go over my article for today yeah. before we close up. So yeah. it's a short article, but it's from our guy, Chris Mercer over at Decanter. So I thought it would be a good read and it, and it kind of harkens back to something we talked about, uh, many episodes ago, probably at this point, the one when the dogs were being used to, uh, smell out, uh, cork taint in, uh, oak stabs. Mm-hmm. You remember that? I, I remember the dogs being used, but I didn't remember like that specific, like okay. usage. Yeah, so they were so basically these to kind of summarize that previous article that we talked about. There's these dogs. They used to be drug sniffing dogs that didn't quite make it. They they were trained for that, but they they just for whatever reason wouldn't cooperate. And instead of whatever they do with dogs, euthanize them or give them out to adoption or whatever, they decided to repurpose them as smelling out cork taint in oak stabs that are about to be used to make barrels. Uh, Because this is this is very very expensive. If you get one bad stab in a barrel it ruins the entire barrel Mm -hmm. and uh so that was kind of cool and so when i saw that uh this article's title which is no more cork uh no more corked wine question mark um new tech offers hope says cork producer and of course this is about cork taint now over the last 20 years or so a lot of producers have been switching to synthetic corks and screw tops because of of cork taint uh, which, as we explained in that previous article, is caused by this compound called TCA, and it causes the wine to have this sort of uh, flavor and smell of like moldy cardboard or wet dog, uh, which is, you know, obviously by the description, very unpleasant. Yeah, uh, I'd be, I'd be very curious to try it just because I want to know what it's like. Um, you know that Spanish wine I sent you? Yes the one that I think is very, very meaty. I, yeah, I haven't tried it yet, but I do. Yes. I almost wonder if cork taint was in that, in the one I had. Cause I'm curious to see what you taste in it hmm. because for like, it was, I, I did drink the entire bottle, but which maybe, but it wasn't because I thought it was good. I thought it was super interesting because I was like, I've never had anything like this before. I didn't think it was particularly good, but like meaty is the only thing I can describe it as. And I don't know that things should taste like salami or like cured pork or something like that. I don't know if that's the flavor that should be in wine. So I'm wondering if there was some, if it was an off flavor that was added to it. Cause I've never heard of this before. And like, when I looked at the descriptions and stuff of this wine, I was, that was not what people were saying, mm-hmm. but it's also, I think it's a grape also that I've not had other experiences with. Uh, I would have to check it again. But anyways, that's sort of a side a side note. Back to the article. Uh, so this is this uh, this issue has been a, a risk for a really long time with wine. Uh, it it most of the time comes from the cork, but it can come from other things that interact with the wine, such as the barrels. Uh, but you know, just a tiny tiny bit of this TCA in a cork will ruin the entire bottle. And because the TCA compound is naturally occurring, it's very difficult to to detect it. Well, this company, it's a Portuguese, a Portuguese based, uh, cork manufacturer named, um, Amorim, A M O R I M reports that they've discovered a new way of producing corks and, uh, screening them for TCA content, uh, which 
they don't really go into serious detail on, on what the process is, but they're not the first ones who have come up with a process. Uh, however, they're billing this as once this process is in place for their corks, there will be a 0% risk of TCA contamination in their corks. And huh. now this manufacturer does manufacture high-end corks for um, very expensive French wines typically. So that's that's it's uh, promising because they wouldn't be billing this otherwise uh, because of who their clientele are normally. But uh, the, the basically the, the gist of the article was with this procedure, possibly people will be pulling back away from synthetic corks and screw tops and going back to natural cork. Whether that's good or bad, that's, you know, another story. Um, I have no problem with synthetic cork. Uh, this, uh, actually the smithereens has a synthetic cork. It didn't, like, I don't really care one way or the other. Uh, I, do you have any opinion one way or the other on synthetic or screw, screw cap versus, uh, natural cork? I prefer, so if I'm going any, so if we're not doing regular cork and I understand for like a long-term storage, regular cork may not always be the best choice because of the possibility of like voids and issues in the fill. Um, mm-hmm. I prefer the synthetic cork because it's much more likely that it's going to be a consistent product. But mm-hmm. given that cork doesn't actually destroy the tree and like, as far as I know, it's like actually not bad for those trees. I don't see any reason not to use cork, like actual cork. Yeah. But yeah, I can I'd understand long term yeah. use. Yeah, I'd be curious to see the uh, like the the more professional opinion on that is that mm-hmm. like what is the difference between screw cap, synthetic, and natural cork? Because I, I've seen I've seen like. Um, you know, wine for normal people, Elizabeth and stuff. I'm sure she probably has a preference, but like she's recommended wines that have the screw cap or that mm-hmm. have the, the synthetic corks. So I don't know if that makes any difference. As far as I'm aware, the synthetic cork doesn't impart any flavor and screw cap certainly doesn't. Um, what now, if you did possibly both, like synthetic and yeah. then a screw cap on top of that and then like dip that in wax? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that'd be interesting. Yeah, that'd be very, that'd, that'd be serious, yeah. uh, serious ceiling. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, because like I don't really see any, I don't see any advantages one way or the other and I have no preference one way or the other, but that, but there could be a flavor aspect to it that I don't detect because mm-hmm. maybe my, my palate is just not that refined, you know, um, but I, I don't know. Or I, I think the, it's an interesting article. You know, it might be one of those classic people claim there's more to it than there is. Yeah, and that's very possible. I mean, the wine world is full of that. So yeah. uh, that that is very possible that there's just, it's one of those things that's just a preference. It, it is pleasant to take a cork out. Like the process of getting ready to drink a bottle of wine when it's a screw cap, I don't mind that, but I do tend to associate screw cap with less expensive white wines. I agree. Uh, I've had red wines. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of many red wines that I've had that way, but like, you know how much, you know how often I jack up a cork. So like, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of, I kind of prefer the synthetic where you're not going to shred it as often or like the screw yeah. cap, but for long uh, yeah, storage, I get it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and then that makes sense too. Like, I, there, but there is, a, there's a, the process of like, I've got a bar now at the house. So like, I like to go to the bar, pull a bottle of wine out, set it there, grab one of the cups. Cause I also keep the cups at the bar now and do the whole process of opening it up. So synthetic or, or natural corks, uh, 
you know, uh, what's what's the saying? Like uh, half a dozen of the other or whatever. But what's what's the yeah. saying? <laughs> something along those lines. I always mess it up, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like to me, it's like eh, whatever. I don't really care that much. Um, but uh, the screw cap ones, I do actually like those for the cheaper white wines because typically I'm going to put the cheaper white wine in one of those uh, like steel wine glass tumblers and take it outside. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't take my glasses. My glass outside because if I drop it, I don't want to break it. But uh, I do have. I do have steel tumblers that I use for drinking something cheap outside, where when the weather's warm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if it's a if it's like a cost perception thing because a lot of times those those what I would quote unquote cheap white would be like a Gravetz demeanor or something like that that mm-hmm. I got from Last Bottle Wines, which is twenty dollars a bottle, which is more than this smithereens yeah but for some reason in my mind i still perceive it as a cheaper wine yeah and i think that's kind of the industry's positioning is kind of like and this is kind of one of those things like you know the french wine industry and the french uh cheese industry are super impacted by this and there are people are trying to like you know not force french marketers to like push the you know the nationally approved stuff but like i think that's kind of the thing is people go like oh yeah yeah you couldn't afford the real cork so synthetic's cheap and it's like maybe maybe not now if like they had a true demonstration that like it didn't last as long or hold up but it it hasn't been around long enough as far as i know now yeah i mean i think they've only been doing synthetic and screw top for about 20 years maybe maybe 30 yeah so uh, I think there was actually, I vaguely recall this when you and I were younger, there was like a cork crisis. Briefly, yeah. Wasn't and, there? and there was, but like, I think that's also kind of like the, there was a, the world is going to, in 12 years, we're all going to be dead because like the world will be too hot. Yeah. I don't know how much of it was an actual thing um, compared yeah, okay. to, you know, like just hysteria or maybe there was, it's kind of like, um, like hickory or whatever in the U S where like basically it doesn't exist anymore because of this blight and it's a real thing. It's not, it's yeah. It's not like, it's just a, a random blight. Um, so, but yeah, what time do you have to uh, go meet the Bernstein it, it, in about 10 minutes? So let's go ahead and wrap yeah. it up here. So, um, as usual, you can follow us on tasting anarchy on Twitter, tasting anarchy at gmail.com. You can follow Childerberg, uh, Childerberg on Twitter, Childerberg.com. Um, kind of still in the air at this point kind of seeing where the world is as the time gets closer um i guess we'll have to come up with or you'll have to come up with a a date where it'll be kind of drop dead it's happening or it's not sort of thing um you know so people can kind of plan from there um but yeah chillerberg is our annual event uh where libertarians meet in texas it's going to be the 23rd through the 26th of may if it happens uh this year or possibly later who knows <laughs> so um that's kind of that and you can also see us on reddit um tasting anarchy on reddit you know we don't ever post anything there that we should or on uh facebook that's true. <laughs> Actually, both of them. I'm, I'm actually, Facebook. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually did post something on Facebook the other day. It Ooh. was just the last episode. But, yeah, um, I thought it was set to you know, auto. I'm starting to remember. <laughs> it was until we switched to Anchor, and now I'm trying to figure out the auto post on okay. Anchor. Gotcha. So we'll we'll figure that out. I I've been manually doing it in the meantime. Makes sense. So, Makes sense. Yeah. Mm. So I guess I, I guess that's it. So uh, before we say stay free, check out. 
the next episode, I think, or maybe two episodes from now of the Running Your Mouth podcast, uh, I'll be on that promoting Childeberg and talking about probably Corona because that's the topic of the of this time of as of four eleven twenty twenty. Doesn't say unless you're us on this episode because we didn't really talk about it at all. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, I'm very impressed. So this actually, you know, if everything works out, we'll be out of quarantine by the end of the month. So yeah. um, if not, then. It'll still be it'll be still be the topic, and everybody will be mad still. Exactly. We'll see what happens. All right. So from me at Tasting Anarchy, stay free. Stay free, everybody. Wine's for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me.